Who cares about your team winning the Super Bowl when your team could win the offseason? My name is Danny Heifetz, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Ben Solak, and Craig Horlbeck. We cover trades, free agency, the draft, obviously. We cover quarterbacks, and there are a lot of good quarterbacks this year. And the teams at the top of the draft, Washington, New England, Chicago, big teams with big histories. Listen to the Ringer NFL Draft Show on Spotify. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Monday night from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Blazarian, Kevin O'Killian, Kevin Murdoch! It's trade deadline week! Let's go! How you doing, man? What's up? Trade deadline week, and do you have your bags packed to move into the Vernon household in Memphis, Tennessee, given the rumor that everyone tweeted us today that came out from Hoops Hype that it is possible that the Memphis Grizzlies could be interested in Killian Hayes. <laughs> if that happens, you have to move here. It, it's, that's the rules. And then we could do the pod in person all the time. It would bring me so much joy if Killian goes to Memphis. And I would, <laughs> fingers crossed, that the Grizzlies can figure out how to fix his jumper. Like what? Because I, I, he's got the defense. He's got the passing vision. Just fix his jumper and turn him into a serviceable NBA player. Please, please, Taylor Jenkins, please do well, it. Unfortunately, Kevin, the Grizzlies have no miracle workers on staff. Well, hope it's the barbecue down there or something just gets him right mentally. Maybe so. All right. You wrote about seven observations leading into this trade deadline and a lot you focused on different teams, but threw in a lot of different notes that I was very interested in regarding these teams. And I had a lot of thoughts from reading the article. So let's kind of go through them. You start off with what will the 76ers do in response to the Joel Embiid injury? Since we last spoke, we have learned that Joel Embiid is going to have surgery on his knee. It does seem to me, even from reading your excerpt, that it kind of, it kind of depends on 
whether they're going to get him back or not. Like, if you're going to get him back, you've got to view that much differently than if you know you're not getting him back this season. I mean, it your championship chances all depend on that one simple fact. And so if you think you're getting him back, I think you're probably aggressive at this trade deadline. If you're not going to get him back, then yeah, you just keep your powder dry and get to the offseason, right? I mean, we've talked about this all year, Chris. Like, ever since the Harden trade, I've been... I've said to you, I wrote it in the article, I've said, it won't surprise me if the Sixers just stick with what they got. And like you've always said, well, Maury's always said, if you have a 5% chance, you get to go for it. And like this is the curveball here with Embiid. It does change things in the sense that like if, if he's not going to be back, if you feel like he's not going to be back, well, then yeah, you should probably just retain your assets for the summer unless there's a deal that you know won't be there in the summer that you can't pass up now. Um, but if there's a chance he returns, if there's a real chance he returns, then you are almost more incentivized to make a move now because you're in danger of slipping into the plan. The Sixers, they're the five seed right now. They're only a handful of games up on the seven seed and the eight seed. If they're four and ten on the year without Joel Embiid entering Monday. So it's the type of thing for them, like you need some support right now to hold your guaranteed playoff spot with a top six seed. So I, it's like a big major curveball here. I, I look forward to seeing what the Sixers do, but ultimately I still I still will stand by what I've been saying all year. It won't surprise me if the Sixers just stand pat with what they got and then enter the offseason with the flexibility to make big moves. I thought there's a lot of people that thought, hey, if, you know, like they call it pre-agency. Like, go ahead and make our trade. And that's sure. what we would be doing for free agency. It, it just might not be available, right? Like the some of the names that we have talked about in the past. You know DeRozan. Levine's off the table, but DeRozan, right? If he's not going to sign an extension with Chicago, which of course they didn't, they, there's, no, there's no contract after this, and you're going into the offseason, like, does it behoove Chicago to move him now? Do you even have what they would want? in order to attain him. And that's like, that's the ideal move. If you could somehow attain him, though, all the reports out of Chicago is that there's no expectation that he is going to be moved. So we will see, but the Philadelphia, it's going to be very fascinating. And maybe they just plan out like, all right, look, this is what we want for next season anyway. So it'll help us get by this season. And even if they get Embiid back, are you getting MVP, best player in the league this season, Joel Embiid back? I mean, that that's probably pretty far-fetched to believe in, right? It is far-fetched. Uh, like, it's it's hard to, hard to fathom that, that you will. And it's also possible that, like maybe maybe because like they lose tonight to the Mavs, um, so now they're four and eleven without Embiid. If this slide continues and the Sixers are the seventh seed, it may actually be more of the the sensible approach to say let's not rush you back, let's take this step back this season. We know what you can be. We know what Maxi can be. We saw everything that we had to see from you guys this season. We don't want you to rush back and get hurt again. So it's possible that if they continue sliding. That, that like why would you bring him back if you're in the seventh spot or the eighth spot like in the middle of April? So I, I, it's obviously a major bummer for the Sixers because it felt like if there was any year it was going to happen, it would be this year. 
Um, but who knows, man? It's like we talked about with the Grizzlies earlier this year, losing jaw. Maybe it ends up a blessing in disguise that you get a higher pick. Maybe like getting the 10th pick or the 11th pick if you miss the playoffs, you end up landing a guy who changes the course of everything. Like it's possible. I mean, it's or, like there's, there's, or, or you trade it. Or that asset is used exactly. much like it was years ago when Cleveland ends up with the number one pick and they're able to flip it and they add Kevin Love into the mix. Or, For sure. And we've seen that happen before, where it's like the team ends. And and I think in retrospect, we go, wow, what if Go? it's a great sliding doors moment. What if Golden State would not have exercised the pick for Wiseman, but rather used that as for an sure. asset? Um, so, or, just, yeah. or just hit the pick, like, like if they drafted LaMelo Ball, like if they just hit on it. That's right? Right. And you added him to the mix and he became your supercharged version of Sean Livingston. Because the thing with this year's draft class is, I think I said this to either you or Bill, one of the two pods. This is a this is a weak draft if you're only looking at the top two, top three for stars. It is a good draft if you already have an established core. So for a team like the Sixers, where you have a dominant center and you have a really good guard and maxi, like it's easier to find somebody in this year's draft class that fits next to those guys. It's a good role player draft. So like in that, in that sense, that's where I'd look at it for the Sixers, a team like the Thunder, where you already have a core. This is a good draft mm-hmm. for you to find enhancing right. pieces who complement stars and and just help fit because those guys matter. Like we're seeing that so much this year with the Sixers, guys like Tobias Harris stepping up, DeAnthony Melton, and all these guys. If you can get another one of those in this year's draft, I, I don't know. Like, there's a bunch of guys that I would love to see on the Sixers in this draft class. So who knows, man? Maybe it ends up being a blessing in disguise. Obviously, it's a bummer today, but um, I, I just very much look forward to seeing what they do on Thursday because that will at least indicate how they feel about Joel's chances of returning and being a, close to the MVP version of himself. Next topic he broached is what the Hawks will do. The Hawks uh Played played the Clippers pretty close uh, tonight, though they're going to give up 150 points, it seems like. That's the game I had on <laughs> in the background. Got to score As, 140, but she gave it yeah, up <laughs> almost 150. Yeah, right. And, and, and you've been on this, and I thought you did a good job of at least making the case surrounding maybe you move Trey rather than DeJounte. Now, I, let me just go ahead and say, I think Trey is an extremely special talent. He appears to be on the same page every time I watch them with the coach, which that was going to be a thing. You know, he has not always been on the same page with this coach, but it feels like they've got a good marriage. And if it's me, I would go, it's hard as hell to get, I know he's been left off the all-star team, but this guy is an all-star, all-NBA level talent. It's hard as hell to find those guys. And so... My job is to build out around him the best I can, which they clearly have not done. I do understand the other side of this, which is coming from a point of view where you're reporting the DeJounte Murray price that they want is is not, it does not seem it's being met um, in different quarters. And I find this a little fascinating because it seems like every podcast or reporter I listen to that has any LA ties has brought up DeJounte Murray a thousand times to the Lakers. And so it's one of those that it's like, it's been talked about so much. It feels like, oh yeah, he's just going to end up a Laker some way, somehow. But 
it is your information, at least that so far, that they're not fishing around getting the great return because we know that the DeJounte Murray stuff has been out there for it's it's not just coming up this week with Thursday being the trade deadline. It's been out there for a couple of weeks. Look, I mean, I think with DeJounte, it's been pretty widely reported at this point. I forget who had the specific saying, but they said the only serious offers for them have come from the Jazz and Lakers for DeJounte Murray. So my perspective is that, well, if the Hawks aren't getting an acceptable offer for DeJounte Murray, it's at least worth considering, well, what happens if we instead look at Trey trades? Trey, maybe you get an offer from the Spurs. You Maybe you get your picks back, your own first-round draft picks, the ones you gave up for Murray. Then it's effectively like you traded Trey for Murray in certain ways. Or maybe you trade him to the Nets, a point guard-needed team. Maybe it's a team like the Magic step up. Maybe it's one of them. And maybe, maybe it turns out there's no Trey deal that you want to take. But I think logically... You could get a greater haul for Trey, a proven star, a proven commodity, than you could for DeJounte Murray. Similar logic that the Kings faced when they decided to trade Tyrese Halliburton instead of De'Aaron Fox. They trade Halliburton to get Sabonis. Halliburton obviously has blossomed into, into a star. But the reason why they traded Halliburton is because De'Aaron Fox did not have a trade market at the time. Play, teams did not want Fox. But what has happened with him? Sabonis has gotten better in Sacramento. Fox has blossomed into a star. So if the Hawks were to follow that same approach, if they were to trade Trey and get four or five first-round draft picks back, and then they were to feed DeJounte Murray that number one guy role for the rest of the season. If you look at DeJounte's numbers over the course of the season, per 36, he's averaging 26 points and 7.5 assists per 36 minutes on a 60% true shooting. That's with Trey Young off the floor. And those are like really good numbers, 26 and 8 pretty much. With Trey on the floor, he's averaging 19 and 4 per 36 on an even worse true shooting percentage. So maybe DeJounte, like what if, we've talked about it all year, what if his improved shooting is for real? What if he's a guy that's about to take a leap, it's just he so happens to be sharing the floor with Trey Young all the time? What if DeJounte Murray, you invest in him the remainder of the season and then he raises his value and you determine, hey, maybe we want to keep him or he raises his value so much that you get as much or more than you gave up to the Spurs when you originally got him and then you can get two hauls instead of just possibly one. I know Hawks fans, they say, well, but why would we trade Trey? He's entering his prime right now. Well, the reason why you might want to trade Trey is because he's putting up all-star numbers, but he's not making all-star teams because his team is losing, and he's a threat to demand a trade this offseason to a team that can position him for success. He's a player ready to win with the right supporting cast around him. He has improved on his defense. He's defending better than he ever has right now for the Hawks, putting in greater effort, shows up in the deflection numbers and the taking charge numbers, shows up just watching games with your own eyeballs. And offensively, He's, I still think he can move off ball more than he does now, but he's doing it more more often, fitting into Snyder's system, fitting next to Murray. He's he's b- addressing the concerns that have been rambling about beating a dead horse for years. So you got to give him credit there. If the Lakers were to call this summer and offer three first round draft picks and young guys, like it's possible Trey is going to say, "I want to go there this summer." That could happen. So I think the Hawks need to think about that. Quinn Snyder in that front office is going to have to talk to Trey. But ultimately, I think they should start that exploration now just to just to really figure things out properly and maximize uh, what their future could look like. I don't like 
Murray to blossom if he goes to L.A., though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the one that's been thrown out there. So Sharon often you LeBron. talk about these. I know. You talk about these improved stats and, and how much better he is when he's kind of got the ball in his hands. That's not a place you're going to have the ball in your hands. Trey's a better fit for the Lakers moving forward than DeJounte is, in my opinion. I think Trey's playmaking style fits with LeBron and AD better than DeJounte's does. Personally, that, that's the way I kind of feel about it. If I'm the Lakers, which might be one reason why, guess what? They're not going all in for DeJounte because they want Trey this summer. They've been rumored to go after Trey for a long time now. Yovan Boo has been on that. Lake, great beat, Lakers wow. beat writer. He's been on that. So I think that's Especially just if LeBron's not there. Well, I mean, even if he is there, both clutch guys, Trey going to a team, like he could be the guy that kind of takes over through the next era as well. He could continue playing with AD after LeBron retires, if he retires in two, three years, or even just decides to go back to Cleveland or wherever. Like, I I think Trey is a future piece for the Lakers, too. And that would be the the master plan, the goal of building the most unlikable team in the history of (laughs) basketball. Or no? Yeah, I mean, it, it probably helped in a lot of people's eyes, but I don't know. I think that what do you what do you think about like that that logic though that I kind of put out there? Like that my thinking behind. Well, if you trade trade, even if you disagree with trading Trey, the philosophy of exploring a trade trade today instead of the Dejounte trades, like reversing the order, like a different order of operations, because because the trade stuff the trade stuff is coming. I'm telling you, I've been saying it all year. My goal, if I'm running the Hawks, is to try to build out around him. Okay, but what if and, what if you know internally him. that there's a chance this summer he's like, I want to go to L.A. But the Dejounte stuff is already so far down the road. It was already so far down the road when he was deleting all his social media accounts and everything else. Uh, but, you they, know? They, they, but they don't have to trade him though. He's under contract for four more years. His, his new deal hasn't even kicked in yet. I understand, but I mean, look. I'm sorry, your best player being DeJounte Murray is nowhere close to your best player being Trey Young. I know everybody hates on Trey. They're not the same level of player. They're just not. I agree. I agree. But with that said, though, DeJounte has been really good this season when he's, I get been, it. When he's been the guy. So I, I would just be interested to see how that looks over an extended period of time. And that could, therefore, raise his value even more. FanDuel's putting the ball in your court for the rest of the NBA season because right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $200 if your bet wins. Bet on the NBA with a wide range of bet types including quick bets, live same game parlays, player props, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash mismatch and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issues and non-drawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbooks.fanduel.com. A couple other winning teams that you chronicled what they could possibly do. Denver, it seems minor. You mentioned some names, DeLon Wright, Monty Morris, maybe just some like veteran backup help for, I, we know that they have got their solid starting five, a championship caliber starting five, but it seems like just minor reinforcements that you're trying to, you're messing around in the margins, right? Yeah, that seems like about it right now. Just improve that backup guard spot. I believe it was Mark Stein who reported DeLon Wright. I've heard the same. I mentioned 
Monty Morris, their former backup point guard as well. He'd be an interesting fit, though he hasn't Morris hasn't been good since returning from injury for the Pistons. He's also barely played, so it's hard to judge. It's also a tough contract to trade for. It's like nine million. You'd have to give up Najee and maybe Reggie Jackson or other pieces. It's a tough deal, but at the least, it seems like the Nuggets are looking for a better back fitting backup guard than Reggie Jackson. DeLon Wright feels like a nugget too. I agree. I think DeLon Wright <laughs> makes a lot of sense for the Nuggets for sure. Yeah. Like versatile, gets rebounds, you know, yeah. kind of bigger, just solid, solid basketball player. You know, I, somebody reported earlier and I, I don't think I put it in the story, but, um, Forgive me, whoever reported it, but someone said the Celtics have looked at DeLon Wright as well. I've heard similar there, but I can't like figure out the deal, like what they would want to give up salary-wise to get DeLon Wright. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see like where a guy like that goes if it is a team like Boston and and what they decide to consolidate for salaries. Um, But it seems like like a lot of potential minor deals for those contenders rather than big deals. Yeah, because you mentioned with the Clippers and that the goal would be to get a P.J. Tucker upgrade or somebody they could use since they don't really use P.J. Tucker. And you threw out P.J. Washington out there and I was like, what do you think? Bro, you ain't getting P.J. Washington for that. Why not? For a 2030 first round draft pick with a team with that age, that pick could be pretty valuable down the line. I got it, but that guy's also got a hundred bazillion dollars. I would not like no. Uh, look, I can get P- more. PJ P- Washington had no free agent market this summer, though. There wasn't interest for him. I got it, but that's but that's also a function of not having money. Yeah, that teams didn't have money. Te- teams could to still pay like PJ Washington sign and trades and all. Hey that man, too. I'd want PJ Washington on this contract. Me too. I think people like PJ Washington. And I think probably people like him around the league. I get it that they retained their own guy and he got less than what we thought he would get. But that's a solid role player who can do more on a given night. And I think that you could probably... Do I think you're getting better than a first-round pick in 2030? Maybe you could get a closer (laughs) pick than maybe six years down the road? Um and the other thing is, I think you could probably get some return. And the other, and I, and I don't know why you'd move him if you're Charlotte. Like if I'm Charlotte, I get the Bridges thing, which we'll get to in a minute. But you've got Brandon Miller, your guy. By the way, let me just go ahead and highlight him. Thirty-three, me, please, let, Chris. Please. Let, let, let me highlight him. I'm going to give you some stats on the, him, so you just cover your erection so it doesn't get on camera. That's uh, Brandon sure, Miller. <laughs> last five games. Don't want to last, call it HR. <laughs> last five games, 29 points per game, almost two steals, four three-pointers made a game, shooting 49% from the field, 45% from three, 86% from the free throw line, and he has led the Hornets in points, steals, and threes Whew. in that stretch in the fi- last five games. Man. He's gotten really good really fast, man. That happened quickly. Yeah. I mean, what, what did I say to you? Like, what is it, December episode? Like, rookie to watch, second half of the year? Yep. I mean, I didn't see it becoming this good this soon, though. I mean, <laughs> it's like crazy. I know. It's all clicked, but it, it does really resemble his year in Alabama. He he stunk getting to the basket and finishing at the basket until, like, the middle of December, and then he figured it out. And then until he got hurt before the tournament, he was awesome at every level getting to the basket, 
he Alabama didn't use the mid range like his high school teams did, but like getting into that floater range, hitting threes off a dribble off the catch, he was amazing as a scorer. And then he got hurt with Charlotte this year. Similar, not getting the basket a lot earlier in the season. Now he's getting anywhere whenever he wants to. He looks like an all around guy. It's it's really impressive the way he's kind of molded his game or to, to adjust two years in a row now at the college level and now the NBA level as a rookie. You know, they got the new ownership. You get a new coach next year, and then you just you, you, you get rid of the other stuff. They already moved Rozier, and then you you got LaMelo, you got Brandon Miller, and you got Mark Williams, and I kind of build out around it. And I think, uh-huh. and, and but you know what? I, the reason I say that I wouldn't give it up for P.J. Washington, P.J. Washington is still at an age where it's like, guess what you're going to look around for? If you're trying to build out with Mark Williams and <laughs> PJ Washington, you, you're going to be looking for a PJ Washington. So why I are you agree. moving him? I wouldn't move him either. I totally agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I just keep totally. him with I those totally guys agree. and then kind of, you know, build out that roster because that could be a really fun roster really quick. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, no doubt about it. Especially, especially like the way Miller's playing right now. Um, that, like, it, that, that could be a pretty exciting. Exciting core, really fast. Shout out Michael Jordan, make it, <laughs> make it, his final decision looks like a good one. And I'll be honest, I watched that Clippers Hawks game a lot of it tonight. And you know, I saw the Clippers in person, you know, a month ago. And I came on here and I said, "That's the team." Like that, it, the, the the second I saw them up close and personal, uh, and and what they were bringing off the bench and. Uh, and Kawhi and Paul George at the level. I, I saw them in a game where it didn't even look like they were trying. And I was like, Jesus, like this is the team, if they could stay healthy, that is the Denver problem. And I think a lot of people over the course of the last month have come to that same conclusion. I got to be honest, I watched them again tonight. They don't need anything, Kevin. If they didn't they do. do anything, they're fine. Because they're about to get, uh, you know, Big Zoo back in the fold, you know, full, full, full board. And Tice has been pretty good for them. Yeah, Tice is solid. You know, they bring guys out their bed. They get this energy. They bring off the bench with with Russ and Amir Coffee. Coffee, Coffee, underrated. Very yeah. underrated role player. Way oh, overlooked. Dude, there was a possession uh, with like maybe, I don't know, five minutes ago. It was a pretty nip-tuck game. And I mean, he just, like stayed in front of DeJounte Murray and then DeJounte Murray tried to do a step back and he just straight blocked him. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they, they just got wings on wings on wings on that team. They throw Terrence Mann at you. They throw Powell at you. Like they're deep and they are good. Really, really good. And got to give Russ credit as well for, you know, bringing yeah. energy off the bench as well. That, that's what he's asked to do. And it's, it's what he does every single night. He's bringing energy. Did you see that Pat Beth uh, clip that was going around earlier in the Talking week? Talking about the blame, blaming me, blaming Did Russ. Did they blame me? They blame Russ. We're both on good teams? Yeah. Sheesh. Sheesh. All right. Your next note was the fascinating one to me because it, it was about the Bulls, a team that we've talked about a lot. Now, obviously, I've never seen a guy elect to get a surgery just so he didn't get traded to the Pistons. But that was pretty <laughs> awesome by Zach Levine. <laughs> Um, Zach Levine. He's like, F this. He said, wait, hold on. I'm, you guys are thinking about trading the Pistons? The hell you are. Can, can you imagine if Detroit did it anyway? <laughs> That'd be funnier than hell. Uh, you know, you got DeRozan, you got Caruso, you got Vucevic. And you were saying, like, look, have these guys. Blow all, you know, get, get what you can, blow it up. So 
I went back and looked, and I'm like, you know, we've been doing this podcast for a long time, and I remember the first time that they blew it up. And they took like, too long to do it. Took too long. Okay, but then they traded Jimmy Butler. That was the start of it, right? Took too long to do it. And they got a young Zach Levine, and they got Chris Dunn, and they got the number seventh pick, seventh pick in the draft. F plus Lowry Marketing. And that was Lowry Marketing. And then they turned Lowry Marketing into Derek Jones Jr. and a pick that may never convey. Still has not conveyed from the Blazers because it was lottery protected, and now the Blazers suck. So it's like, all right, you may never see that. And pick. then they turn Wendell Carter and, an, and another per- first into Nikola Vucevic. Right. And they, well, look, you go back and look, and it's like Wendell Carter, Kobe White, Patrick Williams, Laurie Markinen. Like, I mean, they're just, there's no patience, but it's like some of those guys. Obviously, if you would have just stuck with it and done the rebuild, but they went the impatient route, tried to get good again, and now we're back to it's like second verse, same as the first. And even with the DeRozan deal, they their their pick, I that was my first reaction was, well, man, surely they gave up a first round pick. They did to the Spurs, and that's in 2025, but that is protected one through ten. So your idea of just go ahead and being bad so that you can, you know, at least not lose that pick because they're going to lose the pick. It, but they don't have they don't have both of their picks. Their second round pick in 25 is gone. They don't have even their 26 and 27 second round picks are gone. They don't have both of their picks until 2028. Crazy. <laughs> it's, it's I mean, they are a. They just made a mess of this crap, truly. But I, you know, you look at like the young players that they had. They they sucked for a couple years in a row, and obviously did not hit it big with the lottery. But it just took a while for Kobe White. It taken it's taken a while for Patrick Williams. You got you'd have Wendell Carter. It clearly took a while for Laurie Markkinen. But the guy's damn all NBA now, and it's like, geez, your rebuild wouldn't have been that shitty. Here we are again. Mm-hmm. I think hiring the wrong coach didn't help all that. Jim Boylan mm. set that team back quite a while. He was one of the worst coaches in all of basketball in the last 10 years. So for the Bulls, if you're going to do it, which they should, because DeRozan could walk this summer. You could lose him for nothing. Vooch, what's the point of having him? I'm sorry. What's the point? You should move him. Uh, so, like, uh, I mean, you hold on to Zach Levine and move, uh, even with Caruso. Caruso, I think Caruso is the one guy you could argue you keep for culture. Um, but at the same time, he is such a good piece for a contending team. If a team overpays, they feel like Caruso is the guy that puts him over the top. You take the deal and you play with the young guys. You try to bottom out, especially next year and the year after, which does feature potential franchise changers. Um, go for well, it, Well, the this other the thing, though, Kevin, the other option, and this is one I've always been in favor of, is building from the middle and that you can do that. So you take your DeMar DeRozan and you do the OG and an OB thing. You ain't got to bottom out and suck, right? But now I've got IQ and RJ Barrett, like whatever I'm building out along with Kobe White and Patrick Williams. Now I'm building out a team that's in its young 20s. And, and that's kind of the route I go. So I can use my assets to not necessarily just get cap space and picks, 
but rather try to get some young players off of these different rosters and where I don't have to play this lottery game and, and then try to get lucky. And then if I don't go, oh, shit, that was my plan. Getting lucky was my plan. So, And so I actually think you could get some real assets. But again, that would take moving and DeRozan and Caruso. And, and those are things that, at least from the Chicago reports, don't seem to be in the cards. You know, the reports are they want two first-round picks for Caruso. Who the hell knows what all they would want for DeRozan. But you might be able to attain some young, good players and some picks. And, and and make that deal. So I I my my I guess my version of blow it up wouldn't be your standard blow it up. Just you know bottom out, get as many picks as you can, get the cap space that you can. I would I would use that and kind of go the what Toronto just did and and go try to get some assets. Yeah, that because he's th- that player could take somebody over the top, much like OG might take New York or seemingly has to a different level. Um, yeah, I don't understand why the why there's all these reports of they don't expect it those guys to move. Like, what the hell are we doing then? What are we doing? Silly. Yeah, I agree. You talked about the Suns making a risky move, possibly, and that's the Bridges move. Miles Bridges, yep. You said at this point it would be surprising if he didn't end up there. You it's believe that? So much smoke around yeah. it, everywhere. Out of Phoenix, local Phoenix reports, the national reports. Seems like Bridges has only really been linked to the Suns and the Mavericks at this point. And the Suns, uh, they barely have any assets. They, they'd be more incentivized to go get Bridges. Obviously an incredibly complex situation. And it's weird because talking about basketball and not talking about what we would, you know, that is just Every time you see him, that's what you're going to think about forever. And mm-hmm. I get it. It's a business. He's playing basketball. Uh, they have, you know, he suspended. People can have differing opinions of whether he should be in the league or not. But, you know, I mean, we've seen this happen in sports, man. We've seen it. The, the Cubs won a World Series that was like the greatest moment in their sports fans' lives. And the guy that was closing out the game was, right, Araldis Chapman. Chapman who, yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, if you, if, you, if you think about him for five seconds, you feel disgusting. But they won the World Series. So we know that teams will overlook uh, transgressions in order to try to win basketball games. But I, I, And the other thing is this, you know, and, and I haven't seen this mentioned, but that, uh, that owner's big Michigan State guy, too. Yeah, the, I, that people out of Phoenix have talked about that connection. Yeah. Okay. Um, about how he seems to be one of the ones who's kind of driving the the push to go get Miles Bridges. Well, he'll get what he wants. And and I'm sure then he can stand up and say, I have this great relationship with Tom Izzo. I've known Miles for many years. Yep. He's made a horrible mistake, but I know his character. And, and you try to convince people, like, I have a great... This is not just, I have no... And again, it might all be baloney, probably is, but you at least could say I have some type of relationship or I kn- I'm very close to a lot of people that are very close to. For sure. And so I know what this kid is, despite the horrible, unforgivable mistakes he's made. Of course. And like, I'm sure that's the exactly the approach the Suns would take if they do trade for Bridges. Um, I mean, obviously, from a basketball standpoint, he's an 
Noda upgrade over Nasir Little, who's the guy you would move for for Miles Bridges. They could deal five second round draft picks. Uh, they can deal their swaps again. I mean, they've already dealt their swaps multiple times to other teams. So for Charlotte, if they do indeed want to move off of Bridges, who had 41 tonight against the Lakers, which also remains to be seen that they would actually want to do that. Um, be interesting to see how that plays out. But it does seem like Phoenix or Dallas right now are the teams for Bridges if a deal happens. But with the Dallas side of things, they've reported will be interested in P.J. Washington, who we already mentioned. Jeremy Grant has been mentioned as a target for the Mavericks. Others have reported. I'm not reporting that. Others have put those names out there. Um, but Dallas seems to have more options because they have more assets. The Suns don't. The Suns don't have assets. So they're very limited with the types of players that they can actually go for. And a guy who has completely torpedoed his value in Miles Bridges is exactly the type of player that obviously that they're in trying to get right now. You never know, though. When you get to the trade deadline, there may actually be multiple suitors. Yeah. And then you don't have you don't have the best offer because you don't have the assets to have the best yep. offer. Yep. Right. Uh your last observation was it was a bunch <laughs> of LeBron trades. I'm not gonna get into all the LeBron trades. Yeah, it's just for fun. Kind of a fun little thing to end the article. What I am gonna do is talk about what was a bona fide hilarious weekend with crazy. The meeting with the Knicks, and this is after the emojis, the New York emojis, the New York outfit wearing the orange and blue dunks with the jean jacket. I mean, it's all so coordinated and so planned. Over his shoulders after the game. I mean, the New York. (laughs) I mean, look, this is it's 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 a rite of spring for him to pressure his team into doing something. Typical LeBron, same playbook. But <laughs> this one, this one was an all-timer. This was like everybody going, oh, LeBron's going to be in New York. LeBron's going to New York. And then he just feeds into it the entire time. <laughs> the entire time he feeds into it. Unbelievable. And uh, <laughs> and so, look, that Vanderbilt injury is big. Big, and and it, it appears as if they're not going to have him for the entire season. Yeah. So there's another one that's gone. I mean, that the Vincent thing was already a disaster. Now you've lost another guy, and now you've got LeBron bearing down on, hey, let's do something with this. Um, and so what do you think? Do you think by Thursday the Los Angeles Lakers are going to be able to net something that is going to appease the king. I'm a little confused on what LeBron would actually want here because the player that they've always been rumored to go after is DeJounte Murray. How much of an upgrade is DeJounte Murray over D'Angelo Russell? If D'Lo this past month is the D-Lo they get moving forward. D-Lo... Nah, nah, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, Chris. No, no, no wait, wait, wait a minute. No, wait, wait a minute. Don't dismiss it yet. Wait. I'm dismissing no, it. No, no, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's done. His last 13 games, just put the numbers out there, averaging 24 points per game. No. Eight, 18 shots per game. No. Six and a half assists to 2.2 no. turnovers. No. Okay, okay. All right, you can no. you can easily say that this is just an outlier hot streak. He's going to fall back down to earth. Postseason exposed him last year. He got attacked on defense. He wasn't effective offensively. But he's playing with so much freedom. 
He's been empowered to take more shots, to touch the ball more often, to initiate more possessions. Because <laughs> they're trying to his, build up his trade okay, stock. I, I, okay, okay, but but what I'm what I'm saying is I, I'm not sure I totally believe it either. But what I am saying is he's 27 years old. Cool. And, and this is the first time he's been empowered in a role like this with this type of usage ever since he was an all star. His bro, you are really talking yourself into no, no, D'Angelo no, Russell. I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here instead of saying the same old thing that, that everybody's saying. Well, of course you trade D'Lo for Murray. I'm just saying, what if D'Lo at 27 years old they happen to stumble into his prime? What if that's what this actually is? is that by empowering D'Lo, a guy who always has been somebody who struggles without a lot of shots, who likes to have consistency, he's the type of player who needs minutes, needs shots, needs touches. What if he's the type of guy that, oh, wait a minute, by giving him more, he's actually giving us more. What if he's that type of player and they accidentally found this? Isn't that at least possible that he is that type of guy when every indication has been that he's not the guy that they wished he could be as that kind of bench spark plug? He's not that. But what if he's actually this? And if he is this, that's why I kind of wonder, well, this makes Austin Reeves more redundant. Maybe you trade Reeves. Oh, my God. And then you were able to get... Because of 13 Murray. games of friggin' D'Angelo Russell? Sure, but it's not... It's not oh, just... Oh, come on. Chris, it's I, not... Chris, wait yes, a minute. No, is. no, no. It's not just 13 yes, games. Yes, it is. It's, it's many years. It's Dude. what he was in Brooklyn. It's what he was in Minnesota. All right. Uh, it's, yeah. it's years of like looking at this guy and seeing when he struggles, when he's not, and now he's 27. Okay. What if he's more in his prime? I right know the same thing LeBron knows, which is that I'm going to have to beat the Clippers or the Nuggets in order to get to the to represent the Western Conference. And I ain't walking into that shit with D'Angelo Russell being my other guy. Come on. Come on. I don't know. What, what, if he think, what, if, what if he thinks it's not Austin Reeves? What if it's the opposite? What if, what if he thinks it's not Austin Reeves that you can walk in with? Austin Reeves has not been the same guy this year. Defensively, he's been exposed. Offensively, his shot... At least Austin not, Reeves could play against the Nuggets. D'Angelo Russell couldn't even play against them. You couldn't even play him. I know. I agree. He failed. He failed. Okay? You couldn't and even I, play the guy. And, and I, all, I'm say, all I'm doing is playing devil's advocate here, okay? You well, you don't need my, to do that. If you want to know my real opinion here with D'Lo, I would be looking to trade Austin Reeves. That is my real opinion because that means you could keep your future picks. And I don't know if the Hawks would actually do that for DeJounte Murray. I don't know if they actually would. I'd be intrigued by the Murray-D'Lo backcourt. And D'Lo's also on like a team-friendly contract as well, just like Reeves is. All right. Well, look. Keep him. Watch that dude walk out the door. He'll be, he'll be in New York. He'll be singing it with Jay-Z okay, on stage. Okay, okay, but that's the flip side of it there too, Chris. Maybe the best route for the Lakers is to trade LeBron this summer. <laughs> maybe, oh, it is. It. maybe it's time to stop exhausting assets over a guy who will be 40 next season. You've got a better read on this than I do because you're out there. So, you know, there was the merging of the, there's the LeBron stands that follow him no matter. And then there's like hardcore Laker fans. They're Laker fans. LeBron happens to be on the team, so they love LeBron right now. But they're not, they weren't like LeBron stands. In fact, they, they hated LeBron because they were Kobe, Kobe people. Kobe, exactly. Right. So the Laker people have just had to try to act like they care about LeBron, like they once cared about 
the others. And then you've got all the LeBron fans that are now Laker fans, but they're really just LeBron fans because they'll become Knicks fans if he goes to the Knicks or whatever. And like when he does all of this stuff, like the whole like wearing the New York towel and like, you know, obviously like yanking around, like he like his heart's not in LA. It, his heart is where they're going to, he's a, he's a mercenary, right? Like, If you're not going to do the most for me to try to put me in the position to win the title, then I'll put on another jersey. I don't care. Like, is there a weird, like, split with that? Do you feel like Laker fans? Yes. Okay. So you think Laker fans are mad about the New York crap? I mean, like our producer, Jesse, who grew up in Los Angeles, he just put in the chat a lot of those Kobe stands still hate LeBron, Laker or not. And that's true. That's 100% true. One thing I'd, I'd say is that Every Lakers fan that I have in my life that I know, I'd say close to 100% of them would be fine with him leaving, that they're wow. ready to move on and start building young and get ready for the next star. Almost every what? Lakers fan that I have in my life wow. is ready to move on. And granted, that's like anecdotal. It's a small sample, but every one of them. So I, I, I think that's... Uh, Oh, because there is logic to it. There's logic to moving on. You won your championship. Um, there's logic to moving on before he turns 40 years old and getting something good in return and then building young and having a fun young team and then going to get Luka in a couple of years once the Mavericks fizzle out. That's the plan. That's what the Lakers are going to try to do is go you get You just Luka. told me they wanted Trey Young. Now they want Luka too. <laughs> Why not both? Oh, God. The white <laughs> guys you, that were traded for each can, other. Can, can you imagine? <laughs> Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Man, we got to start using Apple Cash. All right. Why? It's so easy and convenient. Apple Cash lives in messages. Okay. So I can pay you in convos we're already having. Not forget a payment or have the money sitting somewhere just collecting dust. Hmm. That's actually kind of nice. And then you can use that cash right away and buy stuff at like a store with Apple Pay. Oh, so I don't have to do all the bank transfer stuff. Nope. It's just right there. It's easy, convenient, and secure. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? See how easy that was? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. Let me throw you some rapid fire guys at you. Uh, okay. Just trade rumor stuff that's been out there. So Mark Stein's been reporting about this, like Mikel Bridges thing and that Houston would really want him and New Orleans really want him. But, you know, they're probably not getting rid of him. Brooklyn, it seems like they're going to move the, these other pieces like Finney Smith will go somewhere. Royce O'Neal will go somewhere. And those guys can help people for sure as, as wing players. But anyway, the fascinating part of it to me was this whole Stein report Jalen Green could be on the table. Oh, he is. And, and that that would be a means in order to try to, you know, get a a Bridges deal or, or like when you go, if you go big game hunting like that. That's but, true. That's true. 
you're, you aren't surprised by that at it's all. It's true. Yeah, it's been out wow. there for a while now. However, like, I don't think the Rockets are going to trade Jalen Green unless it's for a Mikel Bridges type of player. And gotcha. whether he's available or not remains to be seen. And my impression is that Mikel Bridges from the Nets is not available. And the, Net, the Nets are instead a team that wants to kind of maintain status quo and then add a star, which is why I mentioned to you, like, Trey Young for them, or why, like, if the, if, the Cavs obviously are rolling right now, but if they were to split up Mitchell and Garland at some point, one of those guys this summer, just like I think the Nets are trying to position themselves for that next star who's available in a trade and not trade Bridges, the guy that they already really love. Understood. Got a lot of these, you know, when you were talking about Denver earlier or the Clippers or there's a lot of these teams that are just, they ain't got much to do. They're going to deal in the margins. But I am fascinated by some that could augment their roster for the playoffs and some of the names that have been out there. You know, we mentioned Monty Morris. We mentioned DeLon Wright. Alec Burks is out there, right, as another vet guy that's at the Pistons. Andre Drummond? Any interest? You know, I saw a link to Boston and some of the other good teams as just another big guy to have on a team. You don't care about Andre Drummond. Just a big body. They say he's still rebounding. What about Olenek? I like Kelly Olenek. Moves the needle for you if you're a... Yeah, I mean, he's a a solid, solid rotation big. Who also stretches the floor, too. He can can play small, right? Yeah, he's a solid positional defender. I think he makes sense for a hell of a lot of teams. Drummond is more like that the big body that you want, you know, as a bruiser, rebounder type. And Olenek fills a bunch of different types of roles. Those Brooklyn guys, Royce O'Neal, Finney Smith, Dinwiddie, any of those do anything for you? Finney Smith does. O'Neal, O'Neal's like one of the better guys attacking closeouts in the NBA. Just He just does a good job hitting threes, attacking closeouts, making the right play. Solid defender, not a great defender. I, I like both those guys. The price on Finney Smith seems a bit high as has been reported, but I can't imagine the Nets seriously expect two first-round picks for him. That's unreasonable. There's no way they get that. No way. Uh, There's a lot of smoke about the Mavs being done with Grant Williams, so i got to take it seriously. Uh, Yeah, I would definitely take that seriously. That that has not worked, and the Ray move on. Do you like Remember remember early in the year, I think it was even preseason, the Kyrie Irving side-eye at Grant Williams? Yep. I'd say there's been a lot more of that since. You got one report out there that's Grant Williams for Bobby Portis, that kind of package. Do you like that? Who put that that out there? I didn't see that personally. I think that might have been. I didn't see that. I think that might. Let me go check. I think that might have been in Stein's little uh, newsletter that he he put out today. Stein put that out there today. Okay. So, and Stein is Mr. Dallas. I mean, it'd be great to take away Bobby Portis from Doc Rivers. That's for sure. Plays him way too much. So do you like Grant Williams in Milwaukee? Sure. I mean, I like I like Grant Williams. I'm I do not, too. I'm, I'm just not sure his teammates do. <laughs> no, and it, it certainly has not worked at Dallas. Do you know Tim McMahon, the other guy that covers Dallas? Do you know who he threw out there? Which this is one I wanted to ask you about. He threw one out there when he was on Zach Lowe's podcast where I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on now. Because one, the one team that I think we need to watch that is not being, like, their stuff's not in rumors anywhere except for the fact that, hey, all our guys are available, is Golden State. Yeah. They've got one of the best five to ten basketball players in the world. I just saw them in person, actually, over the weekend, and it's like, okay, they don't want to get rid of pods, they don't want to get rid of Kaminga, but the rest of it, we could do what you will, and 
they're to me like kind of flying under the radar. But if there's ever been a try to build out to win now, like you have no window, like this is the window. So you better go try to stock up if you can. He threw out there a a Wiggins deal, maybe yeah. in Grant Williams. And I was like, what? that Wiggins contract is horrible. If I could get off that thing, I'd get off it in a minute. Especially if I could get a player like Grant Williams level. That's crazy to me. Yeah, the Wiggins stuff is floating out there. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Do you yeah. think Golden State's going to, I mean, if they can move off Wiggins, I mean, they might be able to make some moves. I like Grant Williams there. Yeah. I I, th- I like Grant Williams, man. I just hadn't worked. Yeah. He, I mean, I, like he was solid in Boston. He I don't make shots. I think, yeah. And also, like, the three has not fallen for him as much sure. lately for Dallas. And he needs to be hitting threes. I'd be intrigued by him with Golden State because the one thing that Grant Williams has not been able to unleash ever since he was at Tennessee in college. At Tennessee, he was a playmaking forward. He was a guy they threw the ball to at the elbow, post-ups. I, I And my draft guy, if you look back at my profile of him, I think Grant Williams is one guy I got it right on. And one of the notes in there is that Hey, he could be a short roll screen and roll guy, like playmate out of a short roll. Well, who better to do that with than Stephen Curry in that Warriors offense? So if I'm the Warriors, I would love to have a guy like Grant Williams and see what he could turn into in their system. Could be a it good fit sense. for them. Yes. Yeah, he, he could be a good fit for them. And maybe you can revive Wiggins' career. Who knows? And honestly, like they need guys like Finney Smith to just knock down corner threes. Like, they got playmaking. It'd be so, a really, really great acquisition, both those guys, if Golden State were to get either Finney Smith or Grant, or both of them in different deals. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm saying Finney Smith was, like, perfect with Dallas and Luka. That's where we yeah. you know, really started to love him. So then get Wiggins in the in that role for Dallas, you're saying? Yeah, but, I mean, he can't make – he can't – I don't, I, mean, I wouldn't take the Wiggins contract. That thing goes up. To, I mean, it sucks. It's like three more years, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Ugh, no thanks. Since the finals, he's been no good. I mean, again, I just saw them the other night. I saw a com- great Kaminga game. Kaminga looked great in the game I went to. He still he looked like he was starting to figure it out. He's he super is. efficient. Mm-hmm. Had almost thirty points, and I was I was a fan he's for getting, sure. Getting good, and I love Pods too. So I understand why they would want to hold on to those guys. But they're kind of a stealth one because Steph doesn't do the whole "you better do something." But they're crossroads right now, man. Like, yeah. You're really not going to be a playoff team with Steph Curry. Like that's malpractice. I know it's it's a wasted year if if they aren't right. So, but in order to do that, they have to be aggressive by Thursday. It's going to be a fun trade deadline. There's going to be a lot of action. You could tell. You could tell. There's going to be a lot of action with everybody dealing with the salary cap and the apron, the second apron, and also it's more uh, complex than it. It's always been complex, but it's even more complex now. <laughs> and then trying to decide whether they're going to be a playoff team or not uh, for a lot of teams and a lot of teams that we've been used to for a long time, i.e. the Lakers and the Warriors. Going to be a fun trade deadline for sure. We're going to record on Thursday night after it's all said and done. Oh, yeah. Before we get out of here, I got, I got two things. Two things. First is I went and saw the G League Ignite. Okay. Yep. Yep. What did you think? Buzelas, Holland, they all play? I was furious. So they were here for two days. Holland didn't play in either of them. Okay, but you saw Buzelis. And he's the best prospect. Do you see Almanza, the center, too? You can have him. Okay, but you, what about Buzelis? I don't, I, I, I don't really care about Buzelis? him. 
Bozellis. I walked into the arena, saw him, and immediately thought, I'm going to hate this guy. Uh-huh, yeah. Skinny, lanky. No, he is bigger than what I thought he was going to be. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm talking height-wise. Oh, yeah, he's very and, tall. Incredibly yo, tall. Yo, he's 19. I mean, I think he had 13, 14 rebounds in the game. Yeah, I mean, the team is horrible. Horrible. I pulled up his numbers. He did. He had 13 rebounds, three assists. Six Yo, turnovers. he gets in the mix. I liked him. 16 he points, gets... 18 shots. But yeah, yeah I like these Lithuanian guys, though. He reminds <laughs> me, you know what I mean? Like, he gets in the mix. He's skinny, but man, he's like the ball comes off the rim and he's ready to go rebound. He he beat a guy off the dribble. He created space for himself on a step back three that he missed. But I was like, you know, this guy's pretty good athlete who's got he's got some dog in him. And I I just my first impression was I am not gonna like this guy, but I certainly did not walk out going, I didn't like that guy. Like I could see him becoming something for sure. Now, it ain't like I went and saw, you know, some crazy special talent that, oh my God. What's he going to be like? But I also thought he was pretty damn good. And I thought for 19 on a G League court, I do wonder, you know, as I was there, there's not many people there at these G League games. It's dead. It's empty. Yeah. And I, that is one thing. The competition is clearly better. It more mimics the NBA game. But I'm not so sure it's not better to be Rob Dillingham playing on the road oh. in Georgia with people calling you a sack of shit while you're trying to make Big a three, time. you know? They're playing, they're playing every year. The Ignite are playing like it's COVID, the empty arena. I know. There's no environment. It's, it's no really pressure. like, it's like it's pickup. It's, dude, I, I it's actually That is sad. the one thing. The competition's better. The players are clearly better. And the basketball, but like also, it, is, is it good to be getting your ass whooped every single night? Like no, they're this one, is they're not one, good. They're one in seventeen. No, and this has obviously hurt his draft stock. Yeah, it definitely has. Whereas, definitely. what if he was gone and kicking ass in the Big Ten or something? Yeah, like like he might have went to North Carolina, like, a, right. and they, and they have an upperclassman Harrison Ingram who's kind of playing the type of role that Buzelis theoretically could have played as this kind of versatile playmaking forward. Um, so I mean, I, I, with the Buzelas, he went 0 for 2 from three in your game that you saw. He's shooting 27% from the year from three, 63% on the year from the free throw line. He shot the hell out of the ball his senior year of high school. After his first three years, he shot more like this. And in my draft guide, which you can find at the ringer dot uh, NBA draft at the ringer dot com for scouting reports. Uh, in there, I write, well, is, is it going to show that his senior year was actually an outlier season for him shooting the ball? Because if it was, that changes a lot about how you view him as a player. I'd like to see him before this G League season is over get have like a really strong stretch shooting the ball. That would make me feel a lot better about him as a prospect like I did after his senior season of high school. When I had him ranked in the top three, I had him number one. I could just see this guy like really filling out and becoming like a, a different guy too. He's got to shoot though. He's ha- got to shoot. I got he you. has to. I got has you. to. I just thought I don't know. He looks like a weenie, but he does not play like a weenie. No, I, I like him. Yeah, I think he's a great kid. Um, yeah, he, he wants to be good. Yeah, he's just got to shoot. Like he's got. I mean, he's these are grown ass men that are down know, there. Know. You know what I mean? When you got to like, where the ball comes off the rim and you got to go battle somebody for a rebound, these are like he's. He's not scared. He's not scared. I liked him. Um, all right. Anyways, those air 
goggle things or whatever. <laughs> the last air, time we were on air here, goggles. You, you were going to go check out the air goggles. What are they yeah. called? The Apple Vision Pro. Yeah, I saw the guy on the front row of the Boston game wearing them. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I saw that skin. That was he was like acting like he was crossing over yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that was pretty yeah, funny. Yeah. Probably paid him to st- sit there. But anyways, uh, did you go try them out? Yeah, so I went to a demo this morning okay. at, at a local Apple store, and um, it's amazing. It's amazing. 3500 bucks, amazing? It's, I would not pay that money. I don't think many people should pay that money. But it, like Apple calls it a spatial computer. And that's really what it is. I forget who said it. I might might have been a tweet or one of the many videos I watched reviewing it. But someone said it's like somebody came from the future and built something from the future using the technology of today. That's really what it's like. Where mm. like it, it's like you you can tell you're looking at a screen. Like it's not quite as crystal clear as it is when you're using your own eyeballs, but it's passable looking at the the what you're seeing through your own eyes right but then when it's when the screens are put in front of your vision it is a genuinely remarkable experience to like watch a video inside the room you're in like where it's like you you see the people in the background inside the apple store but then there's a video on top of it or you're looking at text messages or a photo on top of it like in terms of like the computer experience it is amazing and, and like and during the demo they they put you like in a immersive environment where like you turn a wheel and it's like suddenly you're you're at the grand canyon and then you have you're, then you're watching a movie theater movie at the grand canyon like that'd be great for you know an airplane or you're on a long flight or something like that oh. my eyes didn't feel fatigued or anything like that the audio was very impressive for the way they do the audio it's kind of like beamed to your ears from like, like it's not headphones it's just kind of over your ears it's great sound quality somehow i don't know how it works did you watch sports on it i did not during the demo but they did show during like a like a kind of like a, a overview video one of the videos they showed you they showed you like alternate angles of like a soccer game and a baseball game where like you know, like one of the seats you had was like kind of like first base like first row, first base, and you're watching a game from there. And the way you can kind of look around and see, it was at Fenway Park. So it was kind of cool, like for me being at Fenway. And it feels like it just, like one of the video, other pieces of technology they have is kind of, I forget the exact word, but the, like a, a certain type of video that you can record where, like they showed like you had a birthday party with like a girl blowing out her candles and the parents in the background. And then there's a video of these kids playing with a ball. And like, I can, I can like just, I felt like emotional seeing those videos because I was like, what if I could watch back memories in this immersive way where it feels like you're there? It's like a 3D feel the mm. way their videos record. Oh, this, this is going to be terrible for pervert. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they're already thinking about wow. ideas for some of those uh, websites that we won't mention on here for the types of videos. Let's not make record. it too immersive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're already on it. They're already on it, Chris. You'll be happy with your subscription that you get. <laughs> so when you showed when you showed up to this thing, is it just you and a bunch of nerds? No, it's it's a normal Apple store. You walk in and you tell them what what you're there for, like you would if you have an appointment for the Genius Bar. I sat down and waited, and then it was I was at a table, and then a girl and her boyfriend were there together. The girl had the headset on across the table from me. Her, her boyfriend was like taking pictures of her. And she was like flipping out. Like I could hear her like in the background flipping out 
you know, about some of the stuff she was being shown. Like you watch like a clip from a Mario movie, but it was, it's, I, I think everybody like should at least go schedule a demo to experience in it. Cause it does show you the, the, you, you get it. Like you get where this technology is going. You might not ever imagine yourself spending that much money. Now you might not imagine yourself ever wanting those goggles on your eyeballs, even if you got gifted it for free, but you can see where the technology is going to go someday with what Apple's doing. This is better than any VR headset I have ever put on before. I've tried the Quest. I've put those on before. I think they all have kind of the screen door effect where you can tell you're looking at pixels. There mm. is zero screen door effect on this. There is no recognition of pixels. It is so clear that it blew my mind like as soon as it's on, on your face. Um, but like you can see where this is going someday where three years from now, five years from now, and then 10 years from now, where the technology is going to be, where it is going to be a game changer when it's like on normal glasses or someday it's in contacts or even if the goggles, you know, aren't quite as uh, large or as heavy, though I didn't notice the weight over the 25-minute demo for what it's worth. But you can see where the technology is going and it is genuinely amazing. At what price would you have bought it? If they'd have told you today, we'll sell it to you for blank. I don't think I would have. Not today. I just, I'm not, I have, I love my monitor, multi-monitor setup at home. I'm not, if I traveled a lot. If they told you they'd give you the thing for 500 bucks, you wouldn't have bought it? Of course. Of course. Oh. No doubt about it. Without a doubt. That's what I'm saying. But at what price would you have bought it? I think they'd have, I don't know. Obviously, we're not in those meetings. I don't know why they set the price as much as they did. I think if they set it for the price of a Mac, like 2K or like 1.5K, it would sell like hotcakes. Mm. I, I think I think it would be already... It'll probably amazing. sell like hotcakes anyway. It probably will it. anyway. It's, I think mm. you should schedule a demo. You, you should definitely schedule a demo. It's amazing. Mm. It, it genuinely is amazing. It's going to be... But like, I just can't... If I traveled every week, like if I had a job where I was always on planes and I was sitting in airports all the time, I would want it for sure because it's... I ain't putting that shit, goofy shit on my face in public. Come Who on. cares, man? Who cares how I you do. look? What does it I matter? I, I, I don't care. I care. I wouldn't care one bit at all. Whatever, man. If someone's going to judge me for wearing that, screw you. Go I do, would judge you. I'm not paying attention to you. Go do your I, own I thing. would judge you, nerd. Yeah, Take good. off your I stupid care. <laughs> space goggles. I don't care. Go ahead, judge me. I would not care one bit. <laughs> I wouldn't care at all. Uh, <laughs> Some, and someday I will have one. Maybe not this version. Maybe there'll be version two, version three, but man. <laughs> Walking around the airport looking like Daft Punk. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how popular it's going to be. Like I, want, I wonder. Not that popular if it costs three and a half grand. Yeah, I know, but there's enough people with money like that they can, they can do it. Or people that, I mean, look, at com- how much does a laptop cost? People spend... People spend a thousand bucks on a phone. They spend two thousand dollars on a laptop. I got it, but how often am I putting that thing on my face? Seriously, I, that's the way I feel about it. I don't think yeah. I'd get use out of it to make it anywhere worth that price. It's way out of my price range. But for a lot of people who travel a lot, and you know, maybe they want to work out of a cafe and have their multi monitor set up instead of being hunched over on their laptop. There's a lot yeah, of appeal. Instead, man. they're just gonna have. To have- debilitating neck issues. No, I don't know. I don't think so. Mm. I don't know. Mm. I wonder how it affects your eyes. Because, like, remember when we were kids? You know, Burns them out. Especially when you were a kid. A kid like, I heard it too, though. <laughs> when I was don't, a kid. Don't, we, don't, we played in the dirt when I was a kid. Yeah, but, yeah, but don't sit too close to the TV. I'm sure you heard that when you were sure. a kid. I heard it when I was a kid. But I don't think anybody... I don't think eye issues have gotten 
any worse for cell phones, multi-monitors, you know, big monitors, laptops, big TVs. I don't think, from what I understand, it's gotten any worse. So I wonder what having a screen right, like, inches from your eyeballs would do, though. Probably not great for you. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd guess. That's what I'd guess. I can't imagine that it I don't, is. I don't think it's been good for you. I don't know. I don't know. My eyes didn't feel any fatigue at all, but it was only 25 minutes. Gotcha. Thank you to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez. As always, Kevin, I will talk to you on Thursday night. Maybe I'll be wearing an Apple Vision Pro. I hope. <laughs>